This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Shout. Praise. Scream. Father... These are all words that mean the same thing. We are trying to communicate to you. We are small, little plebeians. We have to make our voices louder to get to a higher plane, a bigger Bigger. person outside of ourselves. And that is you, Father. Mm. And we do that by making a sacrifice out of our disgusting little bodies, Mm. Lord. From the head to the toes, we are filthy, rotten little animals who are nothing without you. And so right now we are shouting our praises. We are singing them. And we are doing that by opening up in a little bit of prayer, God. We are shouting to you. Caroline, you can now open us up. I'll close this out. Lord God, let us shout. If we are quiet, we are ashamed of Christ. Mm. If you are whispering... You are wasting your breath. If you are not loud, you are not proud of God. May we take that to heart, Lord. And we want to be a bunch of proud boys for the Uh, Lord. Proud boys and proud (laughs) girls. That's what those terms mean. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Loud boys. Of Jesus Christ. We are proud boys, (laughs) loud boys. Oh, boy. (laughs) And oh, boys as well. So God, with every fiber of our beings, with everything that is in our lungs, everything, you know, there is the scripture that we rely upon and we look to and which we do celebrate and say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And we are talking about everything from the movie, The Thing. So everything (laughs) that has breath praise the Lord or everything from the Adams family praise the Lord. God, we celebrate that and we love you. And we're going to take it to a whisper as we say, that's all in your beautiful son's name. Amen. Amen. And the tea is like yuck hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. It's me. I'm a fan of my mom. Welcome to GCF, Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have some good 
Christian fun. We start off, we kick it off with a little cupcake remix of Easy On Me. Kevin's Bacon's finally found a cupcake. Okay. <laughs> finally. I know. We were out of production for so long. Wow. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, and the music, and the entertainment made for and made by Christians. But we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. And we're not even here to smack your ass like a drum. No. I mean, if you want to do that in the privacy of your own home, that is up to you. You got to run it by Nathan first, though. You do? Yeah. <laughs> make sure it's You cool. do or yeah. the listener does? Everybody should. Okay. No, that's fair. He's just a good sounding board. I agree. I found that to be true. Nathan is, Caroline's husband Nathan, is a good sounding board uh, for all things cupcake or ass related. Right. Uh, in my experience. <laughs> So, as we mentioned in our opening prayer, we are talking about shouting, shouts, shouts and murmurs, all like the New Yorker. <laughs> but they should, they should for like, you know, like the coastal elites have a shouts and murmurs to the Lord section. Oh in that. my like, gosh. That would be nice. Plugged in. Everyone would feel safe Pay attention. in that regard. <laughs> yeah, plugged in could do it, I think. Yeah. We're talking about God this. does hear your shouts and your murmurs. And your murmurs. Doesn't. And isn't that, isn't that beautiful? That's like the thing that beautiful. gives me peace is like even in the quietest mm. murmur, which the only contextual use of that word I have is heart murmur, mm. <laughs> palpitation. Mumbles. But let's hope God he does mumble core. hear that. Yeah, God hears the Junos, <laughs> the Greta Gerwigs, the Noah Bombucks out there. Your mumble core <laughs> is praise, praise to God's ears. Mm. We're talking about Shout Out to the Lord, a song by Darlene Sheck. Darlene Sheck, the Australian singer-songwriter okay. from Hillsong, from the 90s era. And she was not in her flop era in the 90s. She wrote a standard, a new modern standard called Shout to the Lord. It's kind of her all I want for Christmas is you and that she had a career before, she had a career after, but at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just one song, man. It's it's definitely Shout to the Lord. But we could not talk about this song by ourselves. We need a little bit of help. Uh, uh, a, a big batter at bat. Uh, sports metaphor. She's an author, writer, reporter from Defector.com. You can check out her book, God Spare the Girls, and her podcast, Normal Gossip. Give it the hell out for Kelsey, Kelsey McKinney. Yeah. Hey, after that uh, batter metaphor, can I pitch for Defector? <laughs> Am yeah. I am I good? Pitch? He said You're the ready. biggest batter Both at ways. bat. The biggest batter at bat. Yeah. Is that good? It's standard, Caroline. This is standard baseball. Oh, talk. Forgive her, Kelsey. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not enough of a jock for this podcast. It's okay. We're not doing jock talk today. <laughs> no jock talk. Just the rock talk. The rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Oh my, my gosh, Kelsey. Comedian. Thank you so much for Welcome, joining Kelsey. us on the show and sitting through all of that, basically. <laughs> Thank you both so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And we'll start off, you know, for a um, Venn diagram overlap between our podcast and your podcast. Mm. You got any good gossip for us right oh, now? Oh, yeah. You got oh, any juicy man. morsels? I'm always hungry. I am, you know, drowning in gossip currently it's i you know a problem that i have as evidenced by my intro is that i'm often turning things that i like to do for fun into jobs for myself mm. um and so when i started the gossip podcast i was like this is great everybody's gonna tell me their secrets 
I did not realize that then I would have hundreds of secrets in my head at all times, which is bad because I'm extremely bad at keeping secrets and also bad because I'm supposed to anonymize all of it. So it's like, there's just dozens, (laughs) dozens of names. A a host of of private uh, concerns in your mind. That's crazy. Yes, exactly. So I'm filled with gossip. Can I tell you any of it? Not really. Oh, that's true. And for you those can't that- blind item it for us. <laughs> I do this read the blind items. B list mailman. <laughs> B list mailman. Not even the top of the mailman charge. Yeah, that is that's a tough law in life when you don't hey, even. It can't all be a. This <laughs> every other string on the mailman. <laughs> oh yeah, the weekend shift barista. That's all. That's the equivalent yeah. of the B-list mailman in the coffee world. For those that may not know, Normal Gossip is the podcast that you do with your co-hosts, in which you go through anonymized items of normal gossip from everyday people, not celebritized or getting on du- Dumois turf or anything like that. Just like regular everyday stuff, and then uh, kind of blast it out for a general audience uh, with uh, privacy and discretion uh, intact. Yeah. Yeah, a good example of this that I can use because they're related to me, so they already know that everything they tell me is going to make its way into the public (laughs) at some point, um, is that it's like my grandma's sister's kids, so my second cousin's question mark. It's a little unclear Mm -hmm. to me. They're three daughters, and the the youngest one of them became um, secret pregnant to the point, living at home still. Oh but my she was gosh. Like, she was like in her 20s, not like a baby. Um, became secret pregnant. They didn't find out until she was eight and a half months oh. pregnant. And she lived in the house. What? What? Wow. Yes. What? So this was a recent drama in my family because everyone was like, one, what the fuck? How are you eight and a half months pregnant? Yes. Two, you don't, who? The tummy? Who? Yeah, come who on. Who did this? Well, Who you, did this? <laughs> maybe they did that thing that, you know, like uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus did on Seinfeld or Jillian Anderson X-Files, where she just kept holding like Hold laundry purse. baskets in front of her. Always standing behind the counter. Or long coats, yeah. like trench coats, essentially, <laughs> like when it's like very hot outside. So maybe that was her Yeah, story. you'd have to know. like soft pedal a goth phase for like a few weeks before you start wearing a lot of Matrix trenches. Matrix like, it's so It's so weird. We didn't know she was pregnant we thought she was just in a phase of carrying giant purses around we thought that was just her <laughs> new was her gossip girl phase her purse era. <laughs> <Her new thing. laughs> Nevertheless, well normal gossip Amazing. is a great listen for anyone who is looking for a little bit of because that's kind of my go-to now instead of uh, you know in month 29 of the pandemic or wherever we're at i don't really check <laughs> in with people are? and be like, yeah I'm, I'm i might be exaggerating one way or the other but i i don't check in with people and like how are you doing how's it going how are you feeling man I just say, you got any gossip for me? Because I need some. I'm hungry. I need some. And oftentimes they do. And it's great. I did. I recorded on a friend's podcast last night as a guest. And we just talked about gossip. And instead of saying it out loud on mic, on record, we just kept putting in the Zoom chat and then reacting to it on there without specifics, which was a nightmare. It's so cruel. Sort of scenario for any listener. So mean. But a thing I've realized in recording, which I guess I should probably also warn you two about, is that, you know, I bring people on, we like talk about gossip, and then I like send them back into their normal life. 
And I have realized that the amount of like chaotic energy you absorb by thinking about gossip too critically just stays with you. And so then you leave, like you will probably leave this conversation and be like, who do I know that I could text about something? And then suddenly you'll be embroiled in drama. So please be careful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good content warning for us and for the listener at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, who should be used to it as we did solicit gossip from them in a non-anonymous way oh, in a call-in episode. Oh, so good. That, uh, yeah, you know, paid out like a slot machine. Rock. Uh, but we'd love to have some firsthand gossip about your own personal life <laughs> and faith and religion and God and whatnot and how you grew up with it. Huge topic. Um, I am church kid. I'm a church kid. I grew yeah. up um, in northern Texas, so like north of Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, and I went to an, a non-denominational church, which in Texas um, only means not Baptist. It's still all the same rules. It's just not Baptist. Right. <laughs> um, and I went, I mean, I loved it, right? Like, I think that's something that I'm always really careful to say when I talk about my faith and the way that I grew up is that even though I don't attend that kind of church anymore and I don't believe the things that I grew up believing it was a really positive space for me for a really long time. Mm. Um, and I was really into it in a way that is like very confusing to me now as an adult, but I was, yeah, I was there Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. I basically lived there. Oh yeah. What, what was it about it that you loved so much? I think I, I like, well, I like to read, which is part of the problem is that (laughs) the Bible slaps, right? Like it's a good book. There's tons of cool shit in there. And like, I liked it and I was good at it. Right. And Mm. a lot of like Bible study is just like, what if you practiced for a college literature seminar by close reading these three verses? And I was like, I am extremely good at this. And so I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Vocab on deck. That's the thing is we talk about religion and sometimes in its, you know, in its worst moments, the kind of people that it preys upon. And certainly mm-hmm. that's true of like cult type uh, behavior and those sort of organizations like Nexium or Scientology. But a lot of evangelical Christianity does prey upon the bookworm as a sort of victim <laughs> of, so of its religion. Yeah, I think I, I mean, in uh, so I am queer. And in a lot of ways, the church was very bad for that. Um, And in retrospect, there were a lot of things that it could have been much more supportive and much more open-minded about um, for me personally. But I do think that the people there, I always knew that the people at my church cared about me, right? Which is Mm. something that is kind of irreplaceable to have adults around you that you know love you and who aren't related to you. It's like a very fulfilling way to grow up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, community living. There was um yes. <laughs> there was this Bell Hooks quote that that reminds me of of like what would life look like if a romantic partner relationship was decentered from our culture and instead it was mm-hmm. communal or community living mm-hmm. at the center of it instead. And I think like as utopian and idealistic as that is in in theory, in practice that it's best when it's not toxic. It it is oftentimes some church context for some people where you grow up with a bunch of people that are technically not related to you, but feel compelled to love you uh, as you are that in its sports. best moments. What's that? That in sports. In <laughs> I think sports. In a big way. Yeah. yeah. Actually, well, if truthfully. You think, <laughs> if you think about it, Christianity is a sport where you're on a team for the Lord. 
No, and I do think about it. Are you trying to run this podcast? Because you could. (laughs) Defector presents good Christian fun. (laughs) The winners go to heaven. I love it. The losers go somewhere else. The goal is um, dying. Does that make, like, in the Catholic tradition, does that make the goalie the priest? (laughs) Because it's like an intermediary that you have to get through. Right, the final rights. The final rights, yes. Who's Uh the ref? (laughs) (laughs) Who is that? The pastor? That's the, like, the church mom. Satan. (laughs) Satan is the ref. Kelsey says church mom. I I say no rules. It could go either way. Okay, so non-denominational, bookworm loving. Mm, A lot of support. In Northern Texas, it was going good. Were all your friends Christian too? I mean, I imagine in that area, there was a lot of church people. So I went to a like fine arts magnet high school. And before that, it was really interesting because before that, all of my friends were Christians in that like, if they didn't go to my church, they just went to a different church, Mm -hmm. right? It was like, we had differences, but they were like, whether you believed in predestination or not, right? They weren't fundamental, like big differences of faiths. Um, But when I went to high school, I was like, oh, all of these people believe different things. And it was very eye-opening for me. And I think also the beginning of the end for my (laughs) personal like belief in that space, which is interesting and scary in retrospect. Um, So yes, I did, but not until much later, know people who believed other things. Yeah. And then how, what was that process like where it started to kind of like pick apart and unravel? Uh, bad. It was not good. <laughs> mm. I would say, um, I, well, I think there's a lot of really comforting things about believing something, right? Like if you believe that the Bible is true, you always have a reason to believe that things are under control, right? And I love control. I would like to plan my entire <laughs> life. I would like to like know what's happening tomorrow and the next day if possible. And if you, I guess in, not in all sects, but in most parts of Christianity, if you believe, you believe that God's got it. And so like on some level, if something bad's happening to you, you're like, well, it's, it's part of some plan. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think as I started to lose that, I lost that like safety net almost of like, oh, well, if something terrible is happening to me, there's probably a reason for it. And suddenly I was like, oh, something terrible is happening to me. Why? Like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just what if happening. there's no reason for uh-huh. it? Yeah. What if there's no greater goal to this whole thing? And that is like a crisis of self that I was not really prepared to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, put it off for like eight years, which is a, a healthy thing. That eight I don't years. <laughs> Wait, what, what happened in this eight year gap? I, well, I went to high school and then college. Yes. Um, and I went to the university of Texas, which was very liberal mm-hmm. compared to where I grew up. But is that the I, one that has Nora Jones statue in the middle of the quad? I just all I know is that she was she was a Denton native. Or <laughs> Nora to, Jones did go to my high school. Okay, so that's big claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think I clung to it for a long time. But I think that's partly just my personality, right? Like I'm not a like cannonball into the pool kind of person. I'm like take every step slowly, kind of person. So I think I just needed. I I knew that I didn't believe everything, but I wasn't sure how much of it I didn't believe. And so I didn't want to like pull myself out of something that had always comforted me too quickly. And so I kind of like walked my way out. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious for you if it, it, because there was such a positive attachment association with it, if it almost felt like a breakup to you. 
and like it's, a, a kind of complicated breakup where it's like, I don't think if this is all bad, but I don't know if I can keep doing this anymore. You know, it was it was like a bad breakup in which I later learned that my boyfriend had been gaslighting me. Right, oh, like it was yeah. like it was like as oh, yeah. I was leaving this like relationship with the church, I was like, oh, that was really bad. Mm. Right, like oh, this thing was not good. Right, because it was like I just hadn't seen it mm-hmm. um, at the time, and so I think that's kind of that's part of why it took so long is that it was comfortable and it was what I had always known. And also I had enough positive experiences there to be like, I can't go. And people really do not like it when you leave the evangelical church. So like people were always checking on me and being like, are you coming back? So I didn't, I didn't stop going until I moved to the East coast and then no one could check on me because no one here knew me. So I was like, ha <laughs> Well, not a lot of people know this, but technically there are no churches on the East Coast. They're illegal yes, there because of New York is so liberal <laughs> and they outlawed them all, according mm-hmm. to my mom, I think. And so yeah. there's no churches over there. And you so have to ride the train. <laughs> and you have to get on the subway, public transit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gracious. Well, yeah, but it, it sounds like you came out on the other side of it. And, like, yeah. did, did you feel like you replace that sort of theology or ideology with a, with a different thing? Was it kind of piecemeal as you went? I think I'm still replacing it, to be honest. I Somebody tweeted something good the other day. I hate to quote people's tweets, but I can't. I think it was Tyler Huckabee who tweeted that um, exvangelical is a bad place to be because you aren't going anywhere, right? You're kind of just like sitting in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like while I was working on my novel, which is about the evangelical church, I was very much just sitting, right? I was like, I just am sitting here and trying to process what has happened and what I believe and what I want to do with my past in the evangelical church and like what I want to make decisions with going forward. Mm. Um, And now that that is out and I have no more excuses, I am yet again delaying looking too hard at anything. So that, I'll figure it out eventually. You relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. For now, I'm just kind of like, I believe some amorphous, like blobby things and those feel comfortable and I like them and it doesn't feel super urgent that I like understand what shape they are yet. But yes. one day, you know, I'll get glasses and I'll be able to see. <laughs> yeah. Or it's circumstantial, you know, and one day that won't be helpful to you in your life because you'll be in some kind of crisis and you'll need yeah. something different and you'll deal with it then. I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, I was so certain for so long about everything. You know, mm-hmm. it was very much like, I know all the answers. I, I can read this book backwards and forwards to you. Um, that I think now I'm really hesitant to do that. I'm really hesitant to say like, oh, absolutely, this is true. Mm-hmm. As much as I am to say like, I feel that this might be the space I would like to look in later. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. That, see. That's been a very this helpful my, thing. My trauma. Do you like it? No, this is it. We relate. <laughs> it yes. was the TSD. The old the PTSD. Tea. We love the tea. <laughs> love the tea. <laughs> the tea is hot. We love the <laughs> supercut of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis saying that the new Halloween movie is about trauma, actually. And so is good Christian fun. It's that's actually right. about trauma. It is. Matrix Resurrection. It's about trauma. Austin it's Powers, trauma. Colin Goldmember. It's actually about trauma. The trauma of losing your life in the 60s for the modern world. It's all about trauma. No, but that's that's something I think that we've thought about a lot too in the sense of um, when when life does continue and time passes of 
all right, well, there was this like real substantive time in my life where this was so much of it. It's so mm-hmm. hard to not reduce it or maybe compartmentalize it to the category of fodder in a way where mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is a rich world. I know a lot about that I can write a very um, well-observed novel from that I don't have to mm-hmm. do a lot of research about because it was my life <laughs> for so long. Or this is a podcast that we can speak to, obviously, because of like decades of experience in all these different spaces. And I think sometimes that feels like an offensive idea to some people. That's like, mm. I don't know, I used to work on a ranch. I'll write a show about ranches or something, you know, about like a, yeah. a horse girl or something. But it's like, <laughs> oftentimes, maybe that's all that it is. Even with this like complicated and good and bad and all of it mixed up. It's like, sometimes at the end of the day, maybe it's just like, oh, this is interesting. I could probably share this in some capacity and help myself for future projects. <laughs> and maybe that is offensive on some level, but I don't think it is. I just remember one time we had an experience a long, long time ago where we went to a church oh, no. that we were trying out. This was like five mm. years ago mm-hmm. at the time. It's okay to share this. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, please. But, <laughs> but we were just checking out different churches and we were searching for some. And, and the three of us with Caroline's husband, Nate, went. And this guy that we knew from like um, years before approached us during like the break or some like mid mid portion thing where we all kind of gathered in the lobby before we went out, you know, we went back into the sanctuary. He's like, oh, you here for fodder for your podcast? And it was like, especially in like a new situation where it's sensitive, it's vulnerable, you're trying to make a Rude. good impression, you know, you're a guest mm-hmm. in a new space somewhere. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was tough. But that was to me, I think like, uh, not to make this guy the poster person of all things wrong with no. the evangelical church. And to be fair, church. he did apologize later. He, he did owned apologize it. Later. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird to be like, oh yeah, you th- you see us now as just like mining for material, you mm-hmm. know, even if you're just joking. Yeah. And what if I am? <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't you want me there anyway? Because yeah, kind what of if the I'm conclusion. by the spirit? <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, I am. You're in it now too. Yeah. Guess what? You That's became fodder. <laughs> <laughs> and see here it is a nice segment yeah thank and, you and to I this think, man thank yeah, you to this man it's people feeling insecure too you know about their own situation and like oh no like what if i say something embarrassing that becomes a story for them you know whatever i think it is hard to like i remember at the like height of my belief how sensitive i was to the fact that like people think you're stupid right like the general world that doesn't believe in Christianity, they think you're crazy. Like they think that what you believe is, it is not good and that you yourself are a bad person because of it. And that is really hard. And I always try to be like as delicate with that as I can, Mm -hmm. right. To say like, I had a bad experience with some beliefs in my church, not like the church as a whole is like rotten. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a complicated space to live in, right. That like you can go to this church and try to find a church and also have a podcast that is critical of the church and that does not deny you a right to be there, mm-hmm. right? Theoretically, mm-hmm. if you, you know, read the book that the faith is based upon, it says that you have as much right to be there as anyone else. So Yeah, and, and not to like hammer home the relationship metaphor too hard, but it is also like when a relationship ends, there's a degree to which some people can take the tact of like, well, clearly I was just fully just a dummy who fell for this bad <laughs> person this whole time. And now I'm unpacking it. But the the truth, I mean, sometimes that happens, but the truth of it is most of the time 
you weren't stupid. You weren't a victim of like yeah. some brainwashing scheme or tactic. And there was like a reason that you were there and a reason you were showing up every Sunday and a reason that you wanted to be involved yeah. and a reason you wanted to get into the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, but there's also some bad stuff too. You know, like, it, yeah. like it, it'll, it'll, it'll never be as like tidy and simple of like, I don't know, I was like a brainwash victim. It's always like there's there's always all these different <laughs> layers to it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, right. And that's what's complicated is like, can something be good for you and also bad for someone else? And can you hold both of those truths in your hands at the same time? Like, I feel like that is always the problem I have when I'm talking to people about, especially about the book, right? Because people in in the novel I wrote, the head pastor, who's the father of these two daughters, has an affair. And people have told me, you know, they're like, oh my God, this happens at so many churches, not mine. And I'm like, are you sure? not yet how positive are you like really and I think it's it's funny because it's easy to say like other churches are homophobic other churches do these things but like can you hold in your hands that like we can be good and have the best intentions and also fail like that right yeah that you have a member of your family that you love but who also harmed somebody and people don't want to be friends with them anymore (laughs) you know and can you be like i still love them and i get why you don't want to see them Mm -hmm. anymore you know yes yeah yeah and uh this goes back to that old buddhist idea of like so much of suffering is a lack of imagination right so it's like Mm -hmm. when you're when you're sad or depressed you can't imagine being happy when you're happy you can't imagine being sad so then you're unprepared for it again and like when you're hungry you can't imagine being full etc and so it does feel like there's like a, a a whim and a will to that where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm out of the church, I can't even imagine why it could be good for someone right. else. And then it's like hard to like delineate that. But there there is an element of it that's taste where it is just like, what's bad for me is good for you. If it's like practiced appropriately and without harm right. to others, <laughs> that can occur. But it's almost a, it almost feels um, reductive to make it like a tasting like, hey, that's strawberry. That's not my thing. I like chocolate or vanilla more. I went to, when I was first having my like true crisis, um, I had just moved here. And so I was being forced to confront, like, do I want to find a church to be a part of? Mm -hmm. And I went um, to this Quaker church that's like near my house. And I didn't know anything about Quakers. And I did not understand that the way their services work is that people just stand and talk. And then you're just there until people are done talking. Mm -hmm. It's kind of town hall style. (laughs) It was very beautiful. And very quickly, I was like, this is not for me. Like I (laughs) believe like all of their political beliefs, I agreed with all of their like ideological presence and like desires I agreed with. And I was like, I can never come here again. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. The, the require, I know, I know it's not required, but like just the idea that at some point you might feel compelled to, and then you have to get up and like do the whole spiel and then hope people like react to it nicely. Um, right. And then now I go it's into cracking a me up to think, <laughs> think that Quaker churches only attract the kind of people who like love karaoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got some real showboats, you know. <laughs> <Time> <laughs> like only extrovert entertainers. Yeah, I guess so. Karaoke. No church. one's listening. It's so funny. <laughs> I guess it is technically an open mic night. Everyone gets their tight five yeah. platform. It's I mean, it was it was beautiful. It was also, yes. you know, 45 minutes and the whole time I was just like, I can't, I'm the type of person I can't go see stand-up because I get too stressed. I'm like, what if their joke fails? Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. too, I'm like, oh I no. land this point. Uh- 
And so, so everyone that stood up, I was like, what if they like just say something and just atrocious? Oh my gosh. And what will I do? I need to experience this. I need to go to a Quaker meeting because I want to know what this feels like. I mean, <laughs> as much stand-up as, you, as you've attended. True. And improv and a lot of it good and a lot of it bad. Uh, yeah, you can, you can withstand a Quaker I meeting. I can take it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. A little too much sincerity. Uh, well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. It's so nice for sharing your perspective. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time once again for another edition of Singles Ministry. It's Singles Ministry. Oh, harmony on that singles i know may i should add a <laughs> harmony line like every every new episode <laughs> beautiful so it just sounds like pentatonic <laughs> by the end of it please 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 okay singles ministry is the format where we take one single song and we talk about it a christian song a praise and worship song of some sort this week's song is shout to the lord by darling check a song that came out in 1994 and quickly became a standard Heard by an estimated, according to some, 25 to 40 million people across the world. (laughs) The worship stats always like, I love them. They're like, someone is singing this song every second around the world. It's like, how are you calculating? There there was one great estimate, Kelsey, in one of the episodes we did where they said, 
We have concluded that Chris Tomlin is the most listened to recording artist of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like the songs that he's written. That can't be. And they're like throughout history, literally. (laughs) You're like, you're like, babes, people are listening to Taylor Swift for 12 hours a day. You think it's Chris Tomlin? You You think it's not Taylor? Don't Although, have you heard uh, God of the City, Taylor's version? It, it's kind of slaps. God of the City? Okay. Uh, I would love to know, before we get into the Darlene of it all, what your general Christian pop culture diet was growing up. I know we talked about a few things via email that you were interested mm-hmm. in, but but what were you listening to? What did you care about? What did you not give a shit about? I grew up in kind of a weird household where we were very religious and also my parents um, loathed most Christian popular culture. Okay. Okay. So there was like an interesting um, battle constantly happening where my sister and I were like, we want to watch Veggie Tales," And my parents were like, the Simpsons is on at 630. We will not be watching that children's program. <laughs> so Sit funny. down. You had the reverse of what I had, Kelsey. <laughs> yes. Every kid's dream. You didn't know how good you had. You didn't. Although well, you, we, we they were, were wrong because Veggie Tales is uh, on par in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we watched <laughs> it anyway. Oh, no. Oh, you rebelled. <laughs> the rebellion against your parents and sisters on Simpsons was I need Veggie to listen Tales. to Good Bob. Lord. Because we went to like all of, because all of our friends were from church, all of them were watching VeggieTales. And so we were like, yeah. why can't we listen to VeggieTales? Why can't I have the Stacey Rico album on CD? Yeah, you mm. were, you were, were like, and my mom was like, but why would you want this when Prince exists? <laughs> and I was like, I'm eight. I don't understand this. Prince is old, washed up. <laughs> Lame. Prince is washed. Stacy is forever. Have I, you heard Michael W. Smith? We have not had this story yet of someone's so parents with the good compass trying to teach their children well, media-wise. It's weird because my parents were really into church, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like I was rebellious and going to church by myself. They were also going to church. They were just like, the thing is... Kurt Cobain is the greatest artist of all time. And I was like, <laughs> so I yes, I believe in this church. <laughs> and then wow, all the church so kids funny. were like, we're not allowed to listen to that. And I was like, oh. Well, at your surprising. church, I mean, were your parents hearing from the pulpit, you know, like protect your kids against the world or, you know, the influences of movie and music? Because I feel like that's where a lot of our parents got the, you know, the harsh kibosh. Not really. I think... Mm. So I think part of the reason that I like loved Bible study and maybe can also blame um, my entire life on this is that the pastor of the church where I grew up, the like head pastor, only wanted to like read chapters of the Bible in close detail a few verses at a time. Yes. So he would be like, we're doing Mark. It takes two years. Right, (laughs) right, right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had some of that at our last Uh church. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I loved it, right? Like it was great, but it also meant there wasn't a lot of like editorializing. There was more like the Hebrew <laughs> word for this is this. There's no opinion <laughs> section of yeah, sermons. There, there Where's the it. jazz in biblical texts? <laughs> right. That's so funny. So, Jesus. Exegesis, I guess. Wow. Okay. Exegesis. <laughs> yeah. That is with, your artist name. With theologian, theologian Rai Rai Gosling. <laughs> oh boy. Rai Rai Gospel. Rara gospel, dear Lord. Okay, so yeah, it was something you had to contend for for yourself is to is to listen yeah, to that so stuff. I missed a lot of it, 
But the confusing part is the stuff that I did consume, I thought was general culture because I was like, oh, well, we listen to the top 40 radio, right? We don't listen to like the KLTY, which was the like Christian music station where I was. Mm -hmm. We listened to top 40. So then when I knew a Stacey or Rico song, I was like, this is a general public song that everyone knows. And then it turned out that no, they did not. So there was like a weird, I didn't understand which parts of the culture I had consumed oh were not normal. Yeah. Well, into it's into the secular world. So it, it is more confusing, I will say, with like the Relying K Switchfoot and Stacey Rico, because there would be. Yes. Stacey, you, there's got to be more to life. That was a crossover. <laughs> that was both. That mm-hmm. was. Uh, not genuine or any of her other stuff, but more to life. What it definitely was. But that's the problem is I would be like, people know more to life. I simply know every word on the whole album. Like we all do. Mm-hmm. And they would be <laughs> right. like, no, I've never heard this song before. This B side, like track eight of the Switchfoot album. I've never heard. Like singing about, uh, saving sex for marriage. You're like, yeah, right. all the kids are into this right now. Like all the jocks and cool guys. <laughs> this is what we like, right? <laughs> There's these great YouTube videos that I recommend if you're just chilling in Cedar Rapids. If you're just chilling with chilling. a friend at home and it turns into a YouTube party, you're not quite sure what to watch. There's great YouTube videos you can put on where it's just the number one songs from every decade. And it goes month by month within like all of the number one songs wow. in the 1960s. And it plays like 10 seconds of each of January, 1961, February, 1961. And you could see the evolution of like in the trends of how music changes within oh, a decade or so. Yeah. I would be so curious to see what it was with CCM because no such video exists. But like, it's so funny in the 60s where it's like so buttoned up, like vocal harmony, you know, you know, Peter, Paul and Mary core. And then the Beatles happen. And then everything from that point on becomes a line of demarcation where the, the change of, <laughs> of music between like 1960 and 1969, like they get so much nastier and like, it's just, it's so fun to witness. So pe- people should check those out. Did you, did either of you watch Righteous Gemstones? No, I've seen a few this episodes of the first HBO. season. Yeah. The it's- second season just premiered, right? Yeah, it's not important, but they do a good, it's like an absurdist version of a giant megachurch. And they do a really good job of like the the wife in the show is famous for doing a song in like Christian music in the 80s. That's oh, like very cute and sweet, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then like the, the daughter is like leading worship, right? Or the son, I can't remember. One of the children is like leading the worship team. And it's like, you know, the the lights. And the soft, e, the intensity, and the like yeah. deep build, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, this is relatable to me." That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it changed. It changed. Well, let's go. Keep going back in the past, all the way to 1994, mm. with a little, uh, a little song. Caroline, do you want to do a hit in the goalpost with this one? No, you do it. You okay. Do it. So this comes to us all the way from the beautiful, beautiful continent of Australia. This is our. Little blonde princess of CCM praise and worship for now. Darlene, check with shout to the Lord. Nice. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your
Come on, come on, come on, come on. A standard. Damn, what a voice. So this is this is Darling Check of Hillsong, Hillsong Worship. This is what Hillsong music Hail Hillsong. use. Hail Hillsong, as we are uh, <laughs> compelled to say. Hail Hillsong. Uh, this is what Hillsong music used to sound like. It did not used to be so Coldplay, you two imagine dragons, as we find it in our 2021 landscape, the oceans of it all. For a little bit of background for the song, uh, checks. She wrote it in 1993, put it out in 1994, became a huge hit. She said that she was writing it while she was struggling with money worries and the stresses of raising a young family. One day when she was feeling particularly discouraged, she slipped into the toy room where they kept their piano and put into song some biblical truths to which mm. the stressed young mother was holding on to. In particular, drawing from the Psalms. So this is a quote from her. I wrote it. No, I'm not going to do the accent. I wrote it when I was feeling discouraged. I felt I could either scream and pull my hair out or praise God. She added the line, nothing compares to the promise I have in you, but something I clung to when our circumstances seemed so bleak. I think that rings true with anyone going through tough times. Mm. And in a different interview, she talked about one of the first times that she uh, performed it, the, the interviewer had the amazing question that we all love to ask celebrities of, did you have any idea Shout to the Lord would be so popular? <laughs> to which she responded, <laughs> not at all. I was actually embarrassed the first time I played it for the worship pastor at Hillsong. I made him stand with his back to me on the other side of the room. I'd play four bars and say, I don't know if this is any good. Change whatever you need to. But he liked it. And the first time we sang it at church, people were on their feet singing along before we'd Crazy. even gotten to the words on the screen. It took off from there. I can't take any credit for its impact. God decided to put his blessing on the song, blah, blah, blah. So that's just a little bit of the background. Is this Australian woman wandering into her son's toy room and plink plonking it out on a toy piano <laughs> is where the song comes from. You know what this makes me think is, you know, this is not the first time we've heard an artist describe their like inspiration for the song being parenthood or like a difficult mm -hmm. parenthood. Mm -hmm. I mean, Amy Grant wrote Baby Baby looking at her toddler. Uh, yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman obviously wrote about his daughter. Um, and in this song, you know, she was a parent going through hard times. So I feel like uh, for some people, par parenthood can be this huge burst of creativity and they write some of their best work, you know, under <laughs> duress. Yeah. I... I cannot understand the impetus, though, to be like, you know, I'm losing my mind. I feel that my options are right. to scream or to create a Persian version <laughs> Absolute song banger. that will last decades. <laughs> it makes what? you rethink every time that you've ever screamed, though, doesn't it? It's like, hmm, I could have been getting some residuals. I'm being lazy. <laughs> Imagine how many bangers we could have made. I could have had a whole career out of my upset state. Caroline, it's so funny the commonality you you uh, did accurately described of like parenthood being the uh, a fount of inspiration for for the theological like vertical praise and worship or even Amy Grant's pop stuff. I would love if it went even further and it turns out their like origin stories for the song is I wandered into the toy room 
and there was this shiny red toy piano. And then it's like, <laughs> it's revealed. It's actually the piano has this energy. It's like the brotherhood of the traveling songwriters. piano. kids toy piano. Plink, plink, plink. <laughs> and then you're going to write a top 40 CCM hit on it no matter what. And childhood simplicity. Yeah, so I guess the advice if you're a young worship pastor is to um, procreate and then to try the yep. the piano in your child's room. Time to have a baby. that just mm-hmm. solves your problem. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Kelsey, I wasn't aware you could be a worship pastor without procreating <laughs> That's with really your spouse. You don't even get it. Gender. You wouldn't yeah. even get it. <laughs> so so why do you want to talk about the like what what memories does this song hold for you? I well I wanted to talk about it because I so I wrote a story for the fader years ago now, which is a music magazine about Hillsong's like music industry and how they have created this like massive just tons of money, but also this whole system. Mm-hmm. And this was the song that freaked me out when I first started doing because I was assigned it. And so I started doing research for it and I pulled up like, you know, popular Hillsong songs. And I was like, wait, what? What? All of these songs that yes, I've seen growing crazy. up. This is why we say hail. Yeah, they've got their tentacles and everything. I had no idea, right? <laughs> like I was like, oh, shout to the Lord, a classic that my parents must have sung growing up, right? Like I had right. no ability to fathom the fact that this had been written like a decade ago mm-hmm. when I was singing mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I wanted I that's kind of why is that this was the one that really freaked me out the most is I was like, I loved this song. And I remember singing it as like a little kid. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, no clue it was written by Hillsong. No clue it was written like in Australia. I just thought it was, you know, a hymn. I, I had no idea either. Yeah. Like if you'd asked me, I'd been like, this was written as a standard by the whole church, you know, and like yeah. it's always been around <laughs> the, Lord the days of John Wesley. Yeah. They all went in a circle and did it one word at a time. My yeah. Jesus, Jesus, my, my savior? savior. It was pretty much just Lord. like auto fill from when you're texting, you know, you just kind of started off. Um, let alone written by, yeah, an Australian woman, you know, who was just doing it. Uh, doing the dang thing. <sighs> so I don't even know a lot about Darlene herself and like her story, but what a what a great <laughs> bragging right to be like you were kind of this founding member member probably of Hillsong and had this huge hit. You're probably like everyone's idol if you become a Hillsong worship leader. Well, she was a singer in her own right, even apart from the church. Growing up, she was on Australian's children's television show. Mm. She sang jingles. For this is true, McDonald's, KFC, and Coca Cola. <laughs> oh so she did gosh. do some jingle singing. So I do love her. Like, like if we're in Act One of the biopic of Darlene Check, that she's in the recording studio. She's like, "My Big Mac." Well, no, they're never they're never gonna use that one or whatever. <laughs> I nar. sing for popcorn chicken. Nar nar. <laughs> I'm starting to get offensive a little That's bit. Good. I, I too, Kelsey, have uh, many a memory of, unfortunately, because it's embarrassing, I do have Uh-oh. vivid memories of, as a child, lifting my hands to this song. Oh, worship. yeah, of course. I think part of the reason I also remember singing this song is that my singing voice is not extremely high for a woman. And the this is a hard song to hit notes on. And there's always like a few girls around you that can really hit them. And I remember being like, 
fuck. I <laughs> am terrible at worshiping the Lord. My voice does not go to that high note. The Lord favors the, the multi-octave. backing vocals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shame when you have to jump down to a harmony is just truly Shout devastating. Shout yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but then, me. <laughs> but do you ever listen? Do you ever take a leap of faith and based on the recording that you've heard over and over again in your compact disc player, do the... Martin's Bono. Like one of the little improvisations where one of the background singers is getting a little jazzy. That was always such a thrill. And someone would do that in service. I know you have to try. So yes, the Hillsong Industrial Complex is so di- was so different back then. I, she doesn't have any involvement now in, in Hillsong as it is today. And Dexter's very upset about it. And he, he well, is. You, you fired him as the producer. That's I know. He's upset. I, should, he's I shouldn't be uh, upset when he's You're upset. You're taunting him. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> no, she's not involved. But of course, Hillsong does uh, thrive, if that's the right word for it, evermore in, in their current state. Carl Lentz scandal notwithstanding. Kelsey, I didn't realize this, but I absolutely read your fader piece when it came out. And people can check oh, that. Oh, it was we'll, a million years ago. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's how Hillsong conquered the music industry in God's name. Uh, now, and and you have a, you know, a different postscript. Known for its celebrity members and chart-topping worship songs, this Australian church's secret weapon is its army of talented volunteers, which now has even a darker ring to it, given what we know about the state of some of its volunteer yeah, forces. Yeah, you were on top of that. Now, and and not to give notes, but if I were you and I was writing this article, Please. my maybe subheader would have been, uh, that's not a hymn. This is a hymn. But, you know, that's just me. That That's just off the top of the dome. And I, I don't mean to give I that. think that's good. Dexter. Well, the fader folded, so that's about. probably why. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask if you thought that was connected at all. You don't come for Hillsong and, so, and yeah. then continue publishing for many years after. <laughs> I know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was laughing when you started off by being like, now Hillsong's music is like Coldplay was the first one you said. Because when I did this piece, I was interviewing a bunch of people like on what we call on background. So like mm-hmm. I can use your quotes, but I won't use your name and I won't sure. tell anyone I talk to you. Um, and they were all unanimously. I talked to like 20 members of the Hillsong music team in various churches across the world. And they were all like, I was like, who's your musical inspiration? And they were all like, no laughter. It's Chris Martin. It's Coldplay. Wow. All of them. They were all, all like, it's Coldplay. Every single one of them. And after that, I like, now I can't not hear it. <laughs> Right? Like when I listen to their music, I'm like, all of you idolize Chris Martin. Every country? That's crazy. Yeah. They're just like, this is what we're trying to do. That is so satisfying, (laughs) too, though, because it's like, you know, that's what we've been accusing them of for years. And turns out, pretty much right on the nose. That's vindicating. (laughs) Yeah. It was was bad for me because usually when you do those interviews, um, people will write your story for you, right? (laughs) So you can say like Hillsong, whose music resembles these five bands that people told me in these interviews. And instead I had to be like Hillsong, (laughs) whose music resembles Coldplay only because that's the only band they listen to. (laughs) I mean, yes. Uh, Kelsey, there's a game we play on this show from time to time called Wow or Now, in which we play a snippet of an instrumental Intro oh, from no. a song, and then you have to guess whether it's a Christian song or or it's not. But if you just heard this, I mean, what would you think? Good morning, everybody. Let's stand. 
This let's, is cold yeah, Let's lift cold your hands. Let's praise God this let's beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> We're not here for ourselves. Let's put away the things of this world right now. Let's focus on the one that matters right now. And just let's do business with the Lord today. Now let's just lift your hands up, y'all. Woo. And then it's yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that is funny. This song, <laughs> I I uh, shout to the Lord. I feel like in my you know best church days, this was like such a good one because I'd always thought of worship music as like yeah, it's like where you do what angels do in heaven, which is just constantly talk about how awesome God is. And so I always felt like, yeah, I'm like right in the pocket when I'm singing this song. <laughs> it is nothing but compliments. It's nothing but like pure, you know, you're you're killing it, Lord. Keep it up. You're the best. And I, I liked that about it. And so I feel like I had a, I, a lot of abandon when I was singing it because I was like, this one's nothing really has to do with me. It's just all about, you know, lauding the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I— I could, I definitely have never articulated this before, but in my heart, I feel that there are three kinds of worship songs. Here we go. And it's like, God is great. I'm in love with Jesus, my husband, and I'm a piece of trash. I'm a piece of shit. And those yes. are like the only <laughs> oh, yeah. three. You pretty much nailed and it. And I really did not like piece of trash. And Jesus is my husband and I love him always made me uncomfortable. So I agree that this, <laughs> yes. this fit into the slot of songs that I liked. I was yeah. like, oh, it's upbeat. We're all having fun. We can be distracted by trying to do the harmony <laughs> part. Like, <laughs> great. It is. It's positive vibes in yeah. worship session. I know that was that was the thing that that stood out to me too lyrically is that there wasn't like my Jesus. I'm stupid. Like there was no <laughs> counterbalance like that right. you usually hear in some yeah. of these songs. So that was uh, that was a little refreshing. And uh, yes, so there's often uh, a segment we do on the show, Kelsey, called Cover Me, um, that sometimes we have the jingle for and sometimes we don't. And it goes a little something alike. Uh, <laughs> this is so this. amazing to watch. Cover me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go delete those other two. <laughs> Oh my! I know it's just sitting there. Car- Caroline just saw me scroll through three of them. <laughs> he moves so no, fast, though it's amazing. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what's funny about this? We're gonna play a cover. Oftentimes it's a, just us like scouring YouTube, and obviously this is a much covered song by many, many major CCM artists and whatnot. Oh no! But what I found to be particularly uh, amazing. What? Did you get Chris Martin? Is it Chris Martin? Can you imagine? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It's a lullaby. He sings Apple every night or something. No, <laughs> this is oh from my God. the reality competition singing show, American Idol, I believe from, from the year oh. 2008. Now this isn't, this isn't going to be exactly what you think. I think there's, there's a, there's a little twist okay. to this cover. So here we start it and pay, pay close attention to the lyrics as well as they sing them. This is all the contestants gathered on stage singing together for one of the special performances. What? Archuleta! Oh, 
Okay, so that's all we need to play from this. So it's all them together, dressed in white. I think it was for one of the. Spe- it wasn't like one of the regular like competition nights. It was some telethon oh thing my from gosh. whatever season that uh, Mormon icon David Archuleta was also on. <laughs> what in the pandering? For the people at home, Middle they, America, they is look like this. they're joining a cult. Yeah, like they're all wearing <laughs> the same crisp shade of white. Intense they're standing lighting. like head bound, bowed in darkness. Yeah. Yes, Damon it's Lindelof some, did watch A5. this. And he's he thought, okay, the guilty rim now, the leftovers. So uh, <laughs> listen again to the very first line of it. My shepherd, my savior. So they do not say my Jesus, my savior. They do say my shepherd, my savior. They took the Jesus out of this cover. What was the point of that? For network television. Well, you know who else said what was the point of that? The copyright holders of the song. Oh, my God. Who were so (laughs) pissed off that American Idol wanted to get the rights to sing it and then took out Jesus that they said, you need to do this again. So the very next night. No. Or the next week, whenever it was, within the same season. They sing the song again. No, they don't. With Shout to the Lord, it's your top eight, ladies and gentlemen. Are you serious? (gasps) (gasps) Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Isn't that so funny? This is interesting. Now, I, I wonder if they had those three sing it because they were, like, comfortable. Well, it's going to be all of them. Singing about, to say oh, Jesus specifically. Oh, because right. the whole group didn't sing it. Yes. Just those three it was just did, three on the left, and then they all joined our little sweet it. Mormon boy. So, very curious. Very curious what was going on in the negotiations. Huh. That's so- <laughs> you have to do it step again. step and tap. And Ryan Seacrest was like, well, and whatever. Shout to the Lord. Yeah. One more time. Thanks for the million okay, bucks. But- Good night. This would make way more sense if this was if they had done a song that was in the Jesus is my spouse who I'm in love with category. Sure, that could have played so much easier. It's not like taking the name of Jesus out of this song makes it secular. (laughs) You can just see the soul draining out of the eyes of like some of these (laughs) contestants. But it is, I guess, a, a difference between just general deism and specific judeo-christianity right so like name jesus and you know i, I don't know if there's any jewish these people are the culture wars in this right cast. here on the, on the very battlefield that is the american idol stage it is it is so <laughs> funny that this happened that i can't believe hilarious. i didn't know about this you know, until now i would just like i would just like to lift up the lord in this moment and say thank you that the blog economy and takes did not exist when this happened can you imagine and that we got to we i did not have to live through that <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what's funny though, Kelsey is like, I, it's one of those things when you examine even like the firmament of the more basic musical institutions in the country, and then examine them a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, it's like a Christian thing. Like Pentatonics, half the members are Christian, as we found out yep. when we talked about them a few weeks ago. And with American Idol, they did have on their most recent season, Lauren the Bagel Daigle, the hottest uh, artist in contemporary Christian music, do her song, Look Up Child. And she didn't say like, Jesus, you died on the cross in it, but it's still like, you're still courting that audience, you know, even in 2021. Very interesting stuff. Huge market share. 
Huge market share, you know? Christians watch TV too. And finally, may the white Christians be catered to in this nation. <laughs> a hard time. And in our country. Oh boy, anything else to say about Shout to the Lord before we kind of get to our ratings for it? I think that I've said everything I have. She to spoke say. in her piece. Spoke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the way this works, Kelsey, is we're going to give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is the thumbs up when we're shouting to the Lord all the way to heaven. And send the song that way. Holy roast is when it gets a little toasty. We give it a thumbs down and that's when it goes. Or if we're not uh, comfortable with that binary, we can send it to purgatory, which is. The space between. All right. And we'll start with (laughs) Caroline. Um, I have to give this a toast. I mean, the way this ramps up, I'm like climbing a mountain and I get to the pinnacle at that chorus. But then the mountain bows down and you fall off. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And that's just fun. Uh, <laughs> I love that the, the chorus is so extended <laughs> for Christian music. You know, there's multiple lyrics in it, which is uh, fantastic. And yeah, it's a really exciting song. I mean, just hearing it in my headphones, I was like, I was yanked back to a time that uh, made me really stoked. So I enjoyed it. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you for your work. Yank back, like Paul McCartney once sang. All right, we turn it to Kelsey. <laughs> I too would like to give this a toast. Um, I think it's a great song. I like that, unlike a lot of current Christian music, there's clear distinction between the verses and the chorus, and there's yes. one chorus. <laughs> I'm not trying to remember two choruses and a bridge. Mm. That is where things get complicated. Mm. No for bridge me. here. I like that it's a simple structure. Nice top 40 vibes. I like the key change. <laughs> yes. I think it's it's a toast for me. So you're like the opposite of Laura Dern's lawyer character in Marriage Story and that you support yes. it spiritually and you do support it structurally. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> you know what? Holy toast for me too. I wasn't all the way there other than the nostalgia, but then I saw little David Archuleta mm. squinting his eyes and singing it and just kind of giving the, all his cheese to the camera. On American Idol, and something within me changed, and now I, I finally, I finally understand the song. <laughs> so, holy <laughs> toast to American Idol's "Shout to the Lord," a darling check, Ryan Seacrest, Simon Cowell joint, a community you. project, a community project. <laughs> Thank you, shout to the Lord, we love you. You, the listener, can go to at Christian Fun Pod and vote on yourself. You can give it a roast or a toast. So get out there and Pokemon, go to the polls. Guess what? Uh, I finally watched the Hillary on Hulu doc or half of it. And it's a, it's a masterpiece. Hulu. Was it uh, entertaining? Yes. I like that you said, I like that you said you watched it and then you, you caveated it. You were like, I watched, well, I watched half of it. Well, I mean, I I finally started is what I mean to say. (laughs) It's the thing I've been meaning to start since March of 2020 when it came out. Uh, And uh, it's a delight. Uh, It's, it's, it's just a bunch of like, fair criticism of Hillary and then everyone who works for her saying, and here's why that wasn't true. <laughs> like, here's why this thing that was bad that she did was actually good. Oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, so that's my lift up, I guess. But let's, uh, real quick, let's just bring it down. Dim the lights in here, light the candles. Kelsey, on other podcasts, you may be there for the approval of man to plug yourself and promote your projects, but we're here Not for that. We're here to lift them up to the Lord, to lift up your projects to the Lord, to lift up your social medias (laughs) to the Lord, to lift up, I did say social medias to the Lord, but also to lift up all um, of them, (laughs) all of the social medias and whatever you may be enjoying in secular culture to the Lord. And we start with Caroline. 
Um, you can support my ongoing uh, The Caroline Project on oh. uh, TikTok or anything at Caroline's Farts. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to lift up a movie I saw called The Tragedy of Macbeth. Just absolutely great. Uh, you know, it's long. Hang in there. It's all worth it. And uh, really fun, especially if you're an English major like me. And I think uh, mostly worth it because of the actor that plays the witch. Just get ready. Or witches. So... Um, yeah, I really enjoyed myself in there. Was it Angelica Houston and Anne Hathaway teaming up from their role in The Witches? <laughs> it was <laughs> Anne Hathaway remakes? and James Franco. Kind of bring that partnership back <laughs> and around. James Corden! <laughs> I don't know how it works the most cursed trio of all Nightmare. time. <laughs> James Franco, James Corden, Anne Hathaway. No. Name a more iconic trio. James, James Anne. Woo! No, thank oh, you. There's a great... A Hollywood Reporter Roundtable interview in which Tom Hanks outlines how people abuse their power on Hollywood sets. And James Franco, a part of this roundtable, could not look more uncomfortable. Oh, my god! And the interviewer at one point no. says, do you agree with that, James? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I really do. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Say no more. Uh, thank you, Carolyn. We turn it to Kelsey. I am on every social media yes. at at McKinney Kelsey because I don't feel being creative in my handles. It's too hard. And Yeah, I like the creativity of Caroline's farts. Yeah. Well when you're an artist I like that. Like me. Yeah. I wish I were an artist. <laughs> Everything's like Caroline, an opportunity. But sadly, I'm not handles are my, you know, canvas. <laughs> <laughs> that you paint for the That's Lord. exactly <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um I am going to lift up a movie that I watched um, because Adam Driver was in it, thinking, ah, I like Adam Driver. Yeah. I like to watch him in movies. Drive this me. will probably be normal and good like other Adam Driver movies I have seen. Um, but it was Annette. Oh, yeah. Have, <laughs> which, Kelsey, you I have walked not, down this road myself. <laughs> if you have not seen it, it's have you already been over this on the podcast? No, it's, no. Um, it's kind of a musical. Yeah. Oh, it's there's a musical. A lot, oh, yeah. There's a, a lot of singing. Um, but to me, the real beauty of the movie um, is that Annette, the titular character, is played by a puppet mm -hmm. that is terrifying mm -hmm. um, and that haunts me when I am awake and asleep now. And that is a, a sign of good art. Yeah. I, I didn't so have a effective. fear of uh, Super Bowl halftime shows before, but now I do. And, yeah, um, and that's all because <laughs> I just support Adam Driver so much, you know? <laughs> I... I keep doing this to myself where I just get into these movies that without reading them it's it, like five or six years ago I was just trying to watch Netflix and it recommended a movie to me it was like this is a beautiful rom-com it was Vanilla Sky oh my god which not is not a beautiful rom-com <laughs> which little also wrong. gave me nightmares <laughs> oh my god yeah so funny so, Annette, I do recommend it though you it's do fun. you need I to see it a lot. it's good Annette my people no, oh no, I'm just kidding. That's the other one. That's Nanette. I was just having a laugh. Being I'm sorry, silly. guys. I was just kidding around. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Kelsey. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter on Peloton, Instagram, Letterboxd, and OnlyFans. And I will lift up freaking uh, Yellow Jackets on Showtime. That's a show. Ooh, if you don't mind a little bit of cannibalism, it's fun. It's real fun. Uh, about a group of uh, high school soccer team girls that get their plane crashes in the middle of nowhere and they got to survive and some of them do 20 years on and then those people are played by Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci, Melanie Linsky, 
incredible cast, strange kind of horror, and a lot of speculation, a lot of fun th- fan theories. So get into it. Really, for me, it's it's actually so refreshing to see a bunch of strong women, and that's actually what I like. And because you're a, a women supporting women, ally. right? I'm an, so like, as an ally, that sort of thing is like catnip. To it all me, comes you back know? to I'm with her, you know, yeah. which is sort of the theme of your yeah. episode today. And when there's multiple women in it, then it's like I'm with her and her and her and her. So it's like wow. double, triple, quadruple. The I'm with her. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to Patreon.com/slash/GoodChristianFun. For more good Christian fun every Friday, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is Rain. Kelsey, thank you so much for thank doing you, the Kelsey. show and shouting thank to the Lord. It's a pleasure with us. for having me. Yes. What a nice time! Thanks for the shout and murmur. And there, Had a blast. there's nothing left to Shouting. say. <laughs> there's nothing left to say except for. Okay, okay I, I love, love you. you. Thank, thank you, Emma. Emma. Amen. <laughs> And let's go out with maybe the best cover of this song. I'm going to try to do a goalpost moment with this. Friends and folks, whatever you've been through, whatever you've been going through, just know that it never falls upon deaf ears. We serve a God that's always listening. God listens every day and every night. He has unlimited listening minutes on his cell phone plan. Uh He has unlimited bandwidth and capacity for hearing your little problems. So let's shout to the Lord. She's kind of flat, I think. (laughs) Drag her, drag the child. (laughs) Give a lesson, drag children. (laughs) We're going to go to like American Idol Juniors on YouTube and they had to do it twice as well. And and you could be the Simon Cowell of American Idol Juniors. That sounds right. That kind of sounds like my role. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we'll Make leave it, it at that. Uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. All right, everyone. Goodbye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.